All right. Welcome to Studio B, uh, our bi-weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us here today. We have an exciting episode. Uh, we want to make sure that you go to our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. Uh, go to our YouTube, subscribe, hit that little bell to the right so that you don't miss one single episode of what's going on here in Studio B. I have a very uh, special guest, one of good, my good friends in the studio with me today, uh, Mr. Daniel Lagumia. Uh, affectionately known as Pastor Daniel. And Pastor Daniel is from Uganda, uh, Uganda, Africa, that is, not Uganda, Texas, but Uganda, Africa. And I'm excited to have you on the podcast today, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, and it's a pleasure to have this wonderful time with you. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Pastor Daniel. Yep. Uh, I want to kind of get your um, opinion on a couple of different things, um, and we'll pray that the Lord leads us in the way that he wants us to go. Uh, but one of the things that um, I have said on this show is that my travels, my international travels around the world, has richly enhanced my view of people, uh, cultures, uh, different way of life, different lifestyles, different worship styles, um, just the whole dynamic of diversity of people. And I owe a lot of that because of the places that God has allowed me to visit. Uh, but one of those places or the place that it all started for me was in Africa back in 2010 mm -hmm. when I took my first mission trip to Kenya, where we led 93 people on that one mission trip to uh, Kenya, Africa. Mm. And 92 trips later, we're still fulfilling the Great Commission. I had the privilege to go to Uganda and visit you in yes. your home in Uganda. Yes. And it was a very enriching experience for me. Let me just put a plug in here. I do believe now this is an ethnic thing uh, to a degree, but I do believe if you're black, uh, you need to find some kind of way before God brings you home, takes you home to get to Africa. That's okay? right. You got to get to Africa. That's right. You have to get to Africa. Africa. So you're from Uganda. Right. Give us a little bit about Uganda. What's going on in Uganda right now? Uh, first of all, I just want to thank God for this opportunity. And I also thank you for what you just said, that if you are an African, though you are an American here, you ought to come to Uganda, because I mean to Africa, because that's where your roots are. Mm. It's very, very important for you to come and see where God brought from. That will help you appreciate the fact that you're in America, because people in Africa go through a lot of challenges. They go through a lot of diversity. And um, for you to be an American here and born again, uh, whether you're born again or not, you've got to appreciate the fact that you're in America where you have all the privileges here, you have all the opportunities. I'm told that here in America is the land of opportunities. But at the same time, you also have to come to Uganda, I mean to Africa. I keep on mentioning Uganda. No, we're going to talk about Uganda, <laughs> but keep going. Yeah, you good. You need to come back to Africa because uh, you, you need to know your roots and uh, you will appreciate the fact that you're an American. So Africa is uh, faced with a lot of challenges. There's a lot of corruption. Uh, most of our leaders, and I'm not attacking any leader, but most of our leaders are very corrupt and they don't have uh, the people they lead at heart. And so you appreciate the fact that here the system is intact. The system is okay here in America. Everything is by the law. You follow the law. No one is above the law. In Africa, the presidents, the kings are above the law. Mm. And so they manipulate people and take advantage of people, especially those who are in power. So um, I'd like to, uh, 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 to encourage everybody to come to Africa, just like you say. So let me ask you something, because I want to make sure I follow that train of thought. So the 30,000 foot of you is this perspective of being an American and, and all the 
um, privileges that America affords. Now, warts and all, uh, all the things that are going on right now, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, uh, but America offers with it certain opportunities that are not presented in other parts of the world. Absolutely. Now, I've been to these places. I, I've, I've walked these streets. Mm -hmm. And so just explain a little bit about the differences between Africa and America. Let me give you a very, a very good example. If you are an American here and you have no place to stay, the government will take it upon, its, uh, upon itself to give you uh, some uh, home benefits or uh, accommodation benefits. They will give you food benefits. In Africa, you have to survive. You live on your your own. You, you, here you have insurance. The government will make sure that they will give you some insurance coverages for your life. In Africa, if you don't have, um, if you don't have money to take you to hospital, you're, you're dead. You're gone. You, and that's why most people in Africa live by faith. You got to trust God for the food you're gonna eat. You got to trust God for uh, medical, uh, and you have got to trust God for a house. If, for example, you are those who are living in the city, you are chased out of your house by your landlord. That you're gone. You're gone. You got to go back in the village. And if you have been used to the life in the city, then it becomes very hard for you to adjust uh, with the life in the village. So those so, are the compulsion. But here you have all the opportunities. You you can go to school in in Africa, for example. I come from in Uganda. Education is not for free. You got to pay for your education. Here you have free education, being actually taken care of by the government. So when you're talking about some of the differences um, in Uganda, and specifically Uganda and in America, um, those are some starch differences. Um, like when I went to, uh, I've been to uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Mombasa. Um, I've been to um, Angola. I've been to South Africa. I've been a lot of in a lot of countries in Africa, and it's still it's the same, uh, no matter where I go. And the the differences of Africa and America are very, very, very critical differences. So let me ask you this. Why did you come to America? What's, what's your purpose of being in America? Oh, first of all, uh, coming to America was a miracle. It was a miracle. It's something that I prayed for because I wanted to help my people. We know that God has blessed this nation of America, and America has been actually sending missionaries to Africa. And we want to thank you, America, including you and including this great church uh, where you are in the Bethel Family Ministry, which you lead. You've touched so many lives. You've brought to us the gospel. You have changed lives. You have taught us the things of God. You taught us. You've trained us as ministers to be effective in what we're doing. We appreciate you. But at the same time, the need is so overwhelming for us who are leaders. God called me as a leader in, in Uganda, and I tried to preach the gospel and uh, uh, make disciples. But the need was overwhelming financially I was being challenged and then I trusted God to come to, uh, to America uh, to be able to uh, connect with churches people like you to network with you so that we can get all the resources and all the help we need spiritually financially and and and, and, and materially so that we can empower our people in Uganda and and help them to be able to be able to, to find jobs, to become self-sustaining, and also to be effective in ministry. That's why I'm here. And you, you know very well that recently we brought mm -hmm. a choir. No, we're going to talk about that later. We brought the Meldorf of Children Choir, comprising of the most vulnerable and often children, brought them over here to create awareness about what we're doing and about our ministry. So I want to make sure that I draw a, star, uh, a clear line in the sand because I think... While Africa does have some challenges, and we're going to talk about those challenges, 
Um, Africa is one of my uh, most favorite places ever to visit. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful continent. Uh, the people there are absolutely majestic. The hospitality, uh, the family values are just um, the clinging to God. Um, the spiritual richness of that of that uh, country is just absolutely amazing when you begin to start to think about all the challenges that they go through on a daily basis. But as you came to America, you came to America specifically to um, to build an orphanage and a school back in your hometown of Uganda for uh, underprivileged youth, right? I wanted to I wanted to do a holistic ministry, not only just building an orphanage and um, uh, an orphanage or a children's center for the less privileges, but I wanted to do the holistic ministry. We wanted to benefit from uh, the our brothers here in America who are well off, and especially uh, the churches and the leaders here to uh, give us uh, a hand to be able to improve ourselves in Uganda. That when you talk about building a church, we want a good church. I have come to your church here. It's a magnificent church. We want to build a church uh, in in terms of like, structure, but at the same time in terms of uh, administrative structure as well. This you are better than that, better better than us in so many ways, and uh, we like what you you want, uh, what you have been able to. I mean, what you what you have. That's what we want as as well. We want to make sure that our people when they when they hold the Bible, I mean the microphone to preach the gospel, they are preaching a word that is not diluted. You know, we, we want them to preach. The Bible says, study to be approved of God, a good workman, right dividing the word of the truth. You have it. Mm-hmm. Our, past, our people there, they preach by faith. They might get a microphone, they get excited, they have the zeal, they don't have the, the knowledge. The knowledge. So I wanted to connect with uh, the, the churches here to help us spiritually. I wanted us, I wanted to connect the churches to help us physically and economically. So, Pastor Daniel, when you're looking at what's going on in America right now, you mentioned that in Africa you have um, some corrupt leaders in government um, from the highest all the way down. Um, you go, When you walk into, when you go into Africa, no matter which country you're going into, um, you can just a stone's, a stone's throw away walk into a very impoverished uh, area of town. And when I say poverty, um, in America, we know about poverty to a degree, mm-hmm. but we don't know about Africa poverty or the depths of, you know, Guatemala or Honduras kind of poverty. We know poor, but we don't know, um, you know, at least not anymore in 2020, latrines and things of that nature. So when you're looking at what's going on in America, um, kind of talk about what you've been able to experience since you've been here. Um, what I've been able to experience is the opportunities and the, the opportunities of, uh, of, of opportunities of studying. I'm, I mean, right now in the Bible College, it's, a, it's, it's not a, a full-time Bible College, but it's an online, you know, Bible mm-hmm. College I'm, mm-hmm. I'm schooling. That, that is a great opportunity, and I'm being uh, sponsored by the, by the same Bible College that I am, away I'm training. That's number one. Number two, uh, when you talk about, uh, I talked about um, the privileges, uh, the opportunities, and the, uh, you know, the help from the government. Uh, here you can obtain it. In Uganda, you cannot. In Africa, you cannot. Talk about uh, the income, the employment, the level of employment here. Everywhere here, is there are opportunities to work. In Africa, somebody wakes up 
and they they are looking for a job they have gone to school they have graduated they have they they have, with degrees with ph degrees but they don't have a job they can't get a job because of you know the factors that are mentioned and i mm. want i don't want to be pro mm -hmm. in problems because i still go back to my country not that i'm against my my government but there's a lot of corruption and even the president speaks about it himself so those level of corruption and and and, and a little bit of secretary secret um and, um tribalism you know favors those who are in government and affects so many people and i'm not like i said i'm not attacking my president or my government and i'm praying that the change will happen and it speaks about it all the time so those are some of the things that uh, i see as a difference for me here i've had an opportunity to preach and i've had an opportunity to partner with people here churches here you actually, your church, and you blessed us tremendously, and you've been supporting us, and we appreciate you. And so those are the opportunities which a pastor in Uganda who, who, have, who might have the same gifting that I have or might be even more anointed, more gifting, gifted than me, cannot have. Hmm. So, so let me ask you this. When you're looking at holistically about what's going on in Africa, and I try to stay abreast about what's going on in, in the places that I visited, What's the daily or the average um, amount that somebody in Africa, Uganda in particular, would make? Um, Two dollars a day. He Two dollars a day. He will get. Yeah, he works so hard, but they will get two dollars a day. Uh, let me see. Um, figure it out. No, ten dollars a day. Ten dollars a day. Ten dollars a day, and they have worked so hard. They have worked so hard. They have labored for eight hours or nine hours, and they are paying ten dollars. Whereas here, I don't know whether I think you, you, you the average uh, is a lot more than ten dollars a day. It's more, you know, <laughs> it's a lot more than ten dollars a day. It is very frust a frustrating, uh, pastor uh, um, hormone to know that somebody has actually struggled, uh, struggled. Their parents have done everything. They have sold their land. They have sold their houses, and they have educated them, and they have graduated finally. And at the end of the day, they cannot find employment. So when you say the school is not free, explain the school system. Uh, in Uganda, where I come from, in particular education, you got the government set up some some education, but that education is ignored because it's, the, the, it's not facilitated by the government. So many people want to go to private school because they believe that their children, they will uh, get a good foundation, they will get a good education. But that education is pretty expensive for somebody who gets $10 a day. Mm. Because you find that uh, the education that one wants is over $100 a term. And mm. that is just minimum education. You know, so you, you they are struggling to, to, to pay for the education. That, 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 that is so hard. You know, you've you got to pay for education, and then you're struggling to find some, some food, you know, and, uh, and many people are f struggling to, to meet their end is need to survive. So, so at what point does uh, a family have to start? So you go at, at primary school, then secondary school. At what point do you have to start paying for school in Uganda? You, right from, from, from nursery school or the elementary school. Hmm. You, you pay for your education from elementary school and then from elementary school you go to junior you call it a junior here mm -hmm. which we call the secondary school and then we go for what you call college school we call it the advanced level you got to pay for your education now it becomes terrible it becomes very expensive and stressing when you go to the university you're paying a lot of money okay so 
and the the return on that education in regards to job wise is not very much, right? It's so it's not many people. We got so many uh, educated people in Uganda who are on the streets of Kampala today. That's why there are a lot of riots. That's why there's a lot of stealing. That's why people resort to stealing. And most people actually in my country have got to go to. Uh, uh, well to do, for, I mean, go to other nations like UK, because UK, the United Kingdom, colonized Uganda. Colonize, yeah. So many people want to go there. They use all those opportunities to go there and work there. And so we have so many doctors. We have so many lawyers. We've got so many engineers, engineers who, are tra- who have migrated to these nations because that's where they can, you know, appreciate, uh, their education can be appreciated. So leaving Uganda and going to the UK and other countries because they have better opportunities. Absolutely. There's a, such an influx of immigrants Grants from Uganda to the U.S. Uh, to uh, to Canada to countries like Britain and South Africa. Now, do they get that education and come back? Uh, when they go, they, some of them go when at the tender age. Some of them go back. I mean, go to this country when they are between their 35, 38, because it's very difficult to obtain visas. 38, 37, that's when they travel. And sometimes they have to go through the system to obtain the documentation to allow them to. To, to stay in, you know to to to, uh, to stay in the country league in those countries legally it becomes such a challenge so then so 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 help me here so help me out here Daniel because um, in the places uh, when I went to you when I went to Uganda uh, you know we flew into Kampala which is the capital of Uganda mm-hmm. and then we went to your home uh, village where your actual church is and we did a pastors conference there and we had quite a few pastors that showed up on that time how important is God um, in the fabric of Uganda? First of all, I want to thank you so much for saying yes to, uh, to, to, to God. And you, you came to Uganda. That conference uh, which you held in our, in, our, in our church was such a dynamic conference and you impacted so many pastors. I remember pastors sat down for six hours nonstop mm. and they were listening to you. It doesn't happen like that. They say there's something about this man that, you know, caused us, caused them to stay. There's, there was such a revelation, deeper revelation that brought to the pastors. And you were ans- what what amazed them was you were answering things from from the spirit of God, but they were looking at the Bibles to make sure that whatever you are telling them is in line with the Bible. So we want Praise to thank God. You. And those pastors are still thirsty, and we are praying that God will uh, uh, grant you that time to come back again. Now, talking about God, the, the, where is God? God is number one uh, in Uganda. Most people trust God because they live by faith. They, for their food, they, for, for them to eat food. When you talk about God, uh, give us our daily food. They, they mm. mean it. They mean it because without God, they are going to die. So you actually mean that prayer. When yes. you say, God, give us this day our daily bread, we, that, that, that's a real prayer in Uganda. Absolutely, because without God, you, you're going to die. God is our insurance. If you mm. don't have insurance, you're going, to, uh, you don't, you're going to die in Uganda. There are just very few well-to-do families and those who are in government that are, can afford uh, good um, uh, health, uh, uh, healthy um, or, or, or good um, um, hospitals who mm-hmm. can go to hospital, can go to, go to hospital and see a good doctor. A doctor. For example, uh, most, most of those who are in leadership can actually fly their people when, when they are in critical conditions. They take them to UK, America, and India. Yeah. You know, but m- those who don't have what it takes, they are going to die. So we live by faith and with God is uh, number one. Now, that's, a very, th- th- that's very interesting. And I, I've heard 
Um, I've heard that before, and I guess right, right now it just kind of resonates. Uh, so when we typically pray, you know, God, give us this day our daily bread, that's just simply a prayer over a meal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people really believe that to the depths of their being that, mm-hmm. you know, God, I'm expecting for you to provide for me every single day because we live in the land of plenty. Yeah. But in Uganda and other African countries and even in some um, South American countries, I've heard that same sentiment. Uh, One gentleman said to me, um, Pastor Holman, you guys pray for the Holy Spirit, but we need the Holy Spirit. And I I think that's a very stark difference because when God is your only thing, Mm -hmm. when all you have is God, you tend to trust him with a whole lot more of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so do you see God being uh, God? What's the importance of infusing this spirit of God into these young people that you are now bringing on for the Melody of Hope Choir? The Bible says that train up a child uh, the way they should grow. And when they grow up, they'll never depart from it. We want to thank God that despite the challenges, the poverty, the rampant poverty all over the nation, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the calamities that are befalling our nation that I'll go in detail to explain, uh, uh, God, all those things have pushed us closer to God. It has pushed us into the hands of God. And so that is how we have got to know God. And I really believe in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things work together for good to them that love him and have been called according to his purpose. These children have been now brought to God because of their situation. And what we do, we tell them about Jesus. And now they know Jesus. They read their Bible. They don't just sing the song, read your Bible and pray every day. They read their Bibles. They pray every day. They quote scriptures. I have a kid of Pastor Joseph, mm-hmm. who is your friend. Mm-hmm. He quoted for me the books of the Bible from the from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. Mm. He quoted for me all the names of the disciples. And guess what? It's only eight years of age. Mm. It's amazing. So God is very a number one, and we are training up these children, and they are the future leaders of tomorrow. But the good thing is that they are going to grow having you know, God as number one, and they have the knowledge of God. And the Bible say that, they, and the fear of God, and the Bible say the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So we believe that the next generation is a better generation, and our nation is going to be better because we have introduced God to these children at a tender head. And now in, in, in Africa, you do have a strong foundation of family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, family is at the central core of what you guys believe in, in, in Africa. And I believe that's something that America has gotten away from. But explain about the family dynamic in, in Uganda. Uh, in Uganda, first of all, uh, it is a privilege to get married. When you get married, you are married for good. There is no divorce. There is no separation. Mm. Our, our mothers have, have, have learned to or to be obedient to their husband, to, to obey their husband, to submit to their husband, no matter what, no matter what, even the poverty, you know, they still are there committed. They are married and they are committed to love and to, hope, uh, to honor their husbands and their husband as well. Some of the husbands... <laughs> Uh, and naughty, some of the husband loves, especially those who know God, don't know God, they will definitely look at other ways. But when a woman is committed to a man, even if they commit adultery, you know, they, they, they are committed to them. And I'm not condoning adultery, and no one condones it, especially when you're a church leader. But in Uganda, women are very submissive. They are very obedient to their husbands, and they follow their husbands wherever they go. So let me ask you a question. So... In, in in Uganda, uh, when you're talking about 
a family dynamic. Right. Okay, the family dynamic, the the, the father, the mother, and the children, um, and instituting a way of life. Okay, mm. how difficult is it to get out of the cycle of poverty? Because if my mom was poor, my dad was poor, they have kids, there's a high likelihood that the children will be poor and the children that they have will be poor. So how how difficult is it to break out of the cycle of poverty in Uganda? Uh, we That's why we're trying to educate the uh, people and, tell, and also create jobs. It is very difficult for them to get out because they're used to it. Uh, their, their mother was poor, their father was poor, but the, the advantage we have had is we've had this exposure. Uh, exposure of the TV has been very, very helpful. Everybody will look at a pastor from America, you know, uh, or a celebrity from America or, or from England or from all these developed countries, and, and, and that has been help. Uh, it's created awareness that you cannot stay in the same position. You cannot continue to be poor just like your mom was poor. Even if you don't have enough education, you can still do something with your life, or you can use your talent, you can use, you can do some business, you can do something that can keep you on until you can further your education and also be better. So as you come to America and as you look at Uganda, you're still a citizen of Uganda. Yes, sir. Okay. You have a dual citizenship in here in America? Yes, I can. Oh. I have. Uh, I have the privilege to go to America, to Uganda, and come back. Here. Okay, and, and that's a blessing. Yes, sir. All right. So when you're looking at America and you're looking at Uganda, you see everything that's going on in America right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so give me your thoughts about what's going on in America right now. Well, uh, I think the Americans have become so comfortable. Oh, to me, that's my own judgment. Mm-hmm. They have become so comfortable because of wherever they reach, uh, wherever they, they look, they, they have all these privileges. They, they have, they, and, 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 and they don't mind about so many things as long as, you know, my, my wife is okay, my children is okay, and my car is good, my, my mortgage is paid. That's all that, that matters to them. It's about them and my wife, it's about they, them and my, their families. You know, that, that's what I see. Everybody's comfortable because everybody's rich. Everybody is okay. So, but in Africa, we have to come together. We have to work together. How do we develop our community? How can we, how, what can we come up with in our village, in our city? How can we develop our city? How can we de- develop, how can we uh, survive the pandemic, you know, for example? How, how are we going to survive? So there is that unity. There is that uh, togetherness, the cooperation that I don't see here. Then the other thing is that, uh, when you talk about leadership here, you people are comfortable. You don't have, have the worries of uh, instability. In our country, people are so, they don't know what tomorrow holds because mm. of the political instability. Mm. They, they don't know whether they should continue to stay there. Some people are thinking about actually traveling out of their country. Some, I'm talking about Africa in general. Some people are thinking about, you know, what will happen tomorrow because they don't know whether they, the next government is going to be pro them or against them. And some people decide to, you to to, to 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 stay abroad, but here you're comfortable in your home. You you build your home uh, yeah, from uh, you you acquire a house. Uh, for example, you acquired it in 2000 or 1999. You're gonna stay in that house for the rest of your life unless you want to sell it. Uh, so, Pastor Daniel, uh, we were talking about the family dynamic. We're talking about that marriage is extremely important. And to highlight some of those cultural differences that are in Africa as opposed in America, um, when you talked about the husband and the wife dynamic, um, that the wife is submissive unto her husband, uh, what is the husband's role in that marriage? 
the husband's role is to provide for the family and to give security to the family. And I'm talking about under a normal setting, the husband must to take care of his wife and his children, and he must work hard to make sure that he brings table and make sure that their family is all safe. I'm talking about normal setting. Mm -hmm. That's how it's supposed to be. And, mm -hmm. and then, um, uh, but because of the uh, the because of, I'm gonna say because of the Go old ahead say it. Yeah, <laughs> because of the old culture, most men in, in my country, uh, we thank God that it's not as rampant as it used to be, but most men want to have another side dish. <laughs> side dish. <laughs> or they want to have another wife, you know, they believe, some of them believe that when you have more wife, uh, it's your privilege, you know, it's your right. And others also believe that, you know, by having many wives, you're gonna have many children, but that kind of uh, thinking mentality is kind Dying, dying, dying away, as many people are getting to uh, sensitize and are getting to know the uh, the the other side of the advantages of. Yes. Now these one. are more in tribal areas, right? Not necessarily confined to the inner cities, but more in the outlying uh, skirts of town. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But also they have learned the hard way that the, when you have many women, you you can even die younger because the more women you have, the more problems you have. <laughs> yeah, more, more problems. Yeah, come on now. Because everybody's gonna come and they are complaining and they are fighting and you know they. they so is polygamy permitted in Africa? Uh, in some in some cultures, it's permitted. Okay. You know, and of course, I had the president of Kenya where you've been going that uh, because of the many women that they have in, in, in their country, it is okay for them to have more than one wife. They are trying to legalize it. I don't know whether they've actually legalized mm. it because of there's so many women who may not have a chance because the number of women to, to men, you know, is, uh, is the ratio they high, is higher, like is four to one. For the world, yeah. men to women or women to men? Uh, women to men. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So okay. in some country, they're encouraging it. Uh, I also had somebody saying, and, you know, this is a pastor in courts. He was saying, but why don't we allow them to, to marry one, one wife? I mean, more than one wife. Because at the end of the day, we try to deny them from doing that, but they end up doing it secretly. So why don't we kind of <laughs> officialize it? <laughs> But but of course we know for us who believe in God and according to the scriptures who uh, who walk according to the scriptures and the doctrine of God, it, God created one woman, one wife. So uh, one one husband, one wife, one man, one 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 woman. So so what's the typical size of a family in Africa? So what three four kids? I would say um, uh, in 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 uh, urban areas it's about four five children. Four or five. Y yeah. But, wow. But going in the rural area, it might be like eight. I might it might be ten, fifteen. Some some of them are twenty. Yeah, in the rural areas. In the rural area. Yeah. Wow. Because of ignorance. Wow. Because, Twenty kids. Yeah, because they don't care whether the kid you brought this kid and you have to take care of responsible of them. They have to they have to be educated. And in rural areas, food is free. Well, you know, one thing that, I know, that I've learned, that any time that you see poverty, you're always going to see two things. You'll see crime and you'll see sex. Mm. Uh, anytime that you're looking at real rural areas of poverty, you'll always see those two dynamics uh, intertwined in that community. So let me ask you a question. So when you're looking at um, what you're trying to do with the Melody of Hope Choir, so you brought a children's choir down here to America and you went from state to state, city to city, church to church, and they performed, um, for lack of a better word, um, spiritual songs. They mm -hmm. encouraged the people of God. Mm -hmm. And this was an opportunity for you to gather some 
student funds in order to go back and build schools, uh, build a nursing facility, dormitories, and an actual church for the children to attend back in Uganda. So tell us a little bit about the Melody of Hope Choir. Yeah, 2019 in October, God privileged us to bring us uh, the Melody of Hope. Hope Children Choir here in America, and our goal was to, that just like you said, was to build a children's center that would, was going to provide uh, a shelter and comfort for the less privileged child, for the uh, the orphan ch- 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 childs out there in Uganda, especially those who are in our community where we are reaching. And so we, we, we had this vision because we wanted to give them, uh, like I said, some comfort and give them a better future. And so that was our vision. However, so let, let me I, ask you a question. Mm. Are you ever fearful um, about being Americanized um, and losing? Um, because there is, I, I know this is going to sound strange. I, I do understand what I'm getting ready to say is going to sound strange. Right. Um, but little with little requires more faith. With much requires less faith. When you don't have a lot, um, you are forced, for lack of a better word, to trust, to rely, to have faith in your daily bread, God providing for you on a daily basis. But when you have an abundance, the faith that it takes to live is a lot less because Mm -hmm. you have so much. Mm -hmm. Are you fearful at times, um, and, and I've seen this with a lot of my African brothers and sisters who come from these countries, Africa and beyond, but then when they get to America, they become Americanized. They get used to the American way. And the American way is not always the best way, right? It's, it's Even though this is the land flowing with milk and honey, and yes, we have a lot of opportunities, financial, material-wise, but there are a lot of things that you have to give in exchange for those things. Mm. You know, the fracturing of the family mm. or, or, you know, integrity. You, you know, you slide your integrity under the table in order to get a little bit more of this. Mm. So are you ever fearful at times that that faith that is so valuable to, to um, me, yeah, to, to, to you mm. would be lost in the land of plenty? Absolutely not, because I've learned to, I know where I've come from, and I I always look back, and I thank God for every opportunity it gives me. One of the things that have helped me is not to lose my passion and to be dependent on God and to know that I'm accountable to God, that at the end of the day, I'm here to make a difference, and God has given an opportunity. Because actually, the reason why I have a big burden to help my people in my community is because I'm indebted to them, but I'm also indebted to God. I have the same challenges. I have this identical situation. I have the, the same identical uh, challenges that I w- I've gone through as I grew up, just like those children whom God has put on my heart. I was not raised by my father, and my mother abandoned me when I was young because of circumstances. And when I grew up, and but when I grew up struggling for my education, although my mother Take, took care of my education. Like I said, in Uganda, there's no such thing like free education. My mother struggled to pay for my education, although she was a housewife. But she figured out a way of saving some money from what my stepfather was giving her, and she paid for my education. But there came a time when she said, Daniel, I cannot continue to pay for your education. I've tried to help you. That is, that is the time when I'd given my life to Jesus Christ. Thank God. And I came in contact with an organization called the 
African Evangelical Enterprise. When you come to Uganda, I'll take you there to their offices. They paid for my education until I finished my education. So I know where God has brought me from, and I've been told uh, from my country by my pastors, and that has become a basis of my, my Christian work, not to forget where God has brought me from and mm-hmm. not to lose my passion. I still mm-hmm. have the passion. I have the hunger. I can tell you that before I came here, I went to God and asked God, help me to be relevant, help me to please you, and help me, Lord of glory, when everything is said and done, help me to be among the number. And I want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. So I have kept my secret with God of seeking him and asking him for more and being hungry for God. Now, Dane, let me tell you, I, I, I'm going to echo everything that you said because, you know, I know you personally and I've been knowing you for quite a few years now. And so I echo that. And that's one of the things that I value. Um, about you is even in spite of all that is going on um, in our world uh, and around the world, we still have a very unique opportunity here in America that God has given us. And one of the things that it, it sounds strange, but again, going back to our first statement is because we've been able to see different cultures, different ways of life, we're able to appreciate much more the moments that we have, mm-hmm. right? Because we've seen people with a whole lot less. Mm-hmm. And so as you're looking at what's going on right now, I want to ask you, when you're looking at the the, the education system in, in Uganda, um, one of the things that we take for granted here is education. Mm-hmm. Um, education, I believe, and I've said this and I'll scream this from the rooftop, um, I believe that education is so valuable to the furtherment of anybody. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a formal education, but I do believe that people ought to be educating themselves every single day in whatever capacity that that may be. Do you see education as a way out for these kids in Uganda? First of all, I want to uh, to bring to your knowledge and to our viewers that uh, the Medal of Hope Children Choir that we're talking about went back to Uganda, Dis- despite the disrupt or the uh, the, the disrupt uh, the inter- uh, the interruption of the COVID nineteen mm-hmm. because our mission was never accomplished. And but, but we want to thank God for churches that stood with us and we bought the tickets for these children to go back to Uganda. The children are there and I will be soon uh, airing out a documentary about these children and their situation and we are able to feed them because they are going through very, very difficult times in Uganda. I know everybody has been challenged. Uh, you know, everybody is facing difficult uh, times uh, all over the world. But in Uganda, where I come from, it is just uh, horrible. And it's just horrible. It's just unimaginable. So we, but the children, recently we gave them some food and um, their families, and especially even those who uh, came here, who took care of them and th- those around our community, we helped them and we need more. I'll talk about that uh, um, um, later when, when I get an opportunity. But education is very critical. The best thing that you can give to a child in Uganda is education hmm. because you are, giving, you are promoting, you are trying to, uh, you, 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 you're helping, you're boosting their chances to have a better life. It's through education. Education, because they will stand up in the community. We talk When you talk about an elective office, you need to be educated. Uh, I talked about unemployment and corruption. Uh, 
but still God somehow can help you when you're educated. You are able to communicate, you, you have the knowledge, you, you have what it takes to, to, to be better in, in society anywhere in, in Uganda. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go there for a second. So uh, we know that COVID-19 is ravaging America. Mm. Um, you know, we're going on um, six months of this now, seven months almost. Um, and and um, so the old saying is that when America sneezes, the whole world catches a cold. Yeah. And so when you're looking at what's going on in Uganda, how has COVID-19 impacted Uganda? The COVID-19 has, has greatly impacted our nations. But before even COVID-19, the year 2020, Uganda was hit very hard. We had what we call a, a swarm of rockers. We have had mm -hmm. three major d disasters that have hit our nation. The first disaster was uh, uh, the swarm of locusts that invaded our nation, mm -hmm. you know, and crippled our crops and, uh, and, and all our agricultural system. And that, uh, as, that was a scare to our food, food security. And number two, uh, the number two disaster was uh, the, uh, the, 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 the heavy rainfall that fell between April and June. And uh, that, the, when uh, lakes flooded, uh, rivers flooded and there was a lot of displacement of people over 600 6000 people were displaced from their home, their homes now as if that was not enough the covid-19 the president declared a lockdown and mm. so that limited um, people from moving you know to their respective jobs and you know trying to survive and that means they had to rely either on 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 the government which the government did to help the people, especially within the urban areas. Others had to move. Those who have families or homes in rural areas had to move and they, because they could not afford to pay for their rent or for food. So the, so the president declared a lockdown on the entire country? Yes, sir. And it's going on. It's, it's, been, it's been going on for a long time. The schools were closed. The airports were closed. And um, many businesses were closed. But recently, about a month ago, the, 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 the business opened up. But with a lot of caution. <laughs> and even the churches are locked down. <laughs> okay, so um, so did y'all have a major outbreak of, of COVID-19 in that area? No, no, no. But because of what we're hearing, you know, America... <laughs> You know, America. We look up to America and all this. And so, when America did it, yeah. Uganda did it. Exactly. <laughs> We've had, by the grace of God, uh, we have only had thirty-two registered cases. I mean, uh, people who have died of H, uh, of, of COVID nineteen. Wait a minute. In the entire country of Uganda, only thirty-two people. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait. In the entire country of. Uganda. Pastor, we've only You've had, only had 32 people die in the entire country. Only 32 people have died of, of, of COVID-19. You mean in Kampala? You in don't, Uganda, in the entire nation. You mean, you don't mean, no, you gotta mean, you gotta mean Kampala. You can't be talking about the whole country of Uganda. Trust me, Pastor Homan, go and find out. After so this 32 program. people. Only 32 people have died of <laughs> COVID-19. And I think we only have about 1,000, 6,000 6, people who have have had, uh, who have been tested um, COVID, uh, tested positive. The rest of them are okay. Now, and that, this is that, just, that, that, that must be God. Just, listen, I've been to Uganda, okay? <laughs> I've been, what's the name of the village um, that we went? Zana. Uh, Zana. Zana, okay. Mm -hmm. um, Uganda is terribly crowded. Mm -hmm. It's uh, packed. Yeah. Uh, traffic is horrible. Yeah. 
Uh, praise God for air conditioning in the car, but it is packed upon packed upon you, you, packed. You need to have, if you are driving, you can, I can't allow you to drive in Uganda. Because yeah, I'm I can't having, do that. No, I'm not going to you have it. to figure out your own traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, because that's, yeah, that's a whole nother story, <laughs> is the traffic in Uganda. But people are on top of each other in Uganda. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally on top of each other. Yeah. And in the entire country. Only 32 people <laughs> have died of, of COVID-19. That is God, and we, we believe it is God. Recently, the, actually, the president uh, called for national prayers in the state house, and people were praying. Wow. So we, we believe it's just God. It's just God, because if it was not God, I mean, all people, I mean, many people in Uganda will definitely be swept by the, this pandemic. So, uh, so Pastor Daniel, um, where else have you traveled to besides America? Um, I've been to England. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Kenya. Wow, and you've been to Canada, too. I've been to Canada as well. Now, you know, Canada is just, I don't know if you really consider that to be traveling. Don't nobody want to really go to Canada. But so what? what is the... What is the difference in those particular countries from your perspective? As you look at America, England, South Africa, Canada, what's the major differences that you see as a, as a Uganda? I think America is on the forefront of, of, of the gospel, and they, uh, they, despite their own shortcomings, they, America, when it comes to God and propagating the kingdom of God, America is number one country. Of all the nations I've traveled to and followed by Canada, uh, it is actually uh, that land where I did um, the, the conference, the money that I, 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 I got, the money that bought that land came from Canada. So it's followed by Canada and then the UK and then South Africa. But of course, uh, all these countries are more developed than Uganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I hear you saying, man, that I am um, that I'm excited about is to hear you talk about um, America with such um, positive vibes, mm-hmm. um, especially right now in the culture that we're in right now in the environment that we're in. Um, even the people that live in America. Mm. <laughs> and it's because they haven't seen anything. It's because um, they're limited to an American perspective that has not allowed them to see outside of the Western United States. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate um, the value that you place and what you've been able to accomplish, not forgetting where you came from. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much, much is therefore required. Is and God has lifted you out of poverty. Mm-hmm. God has given you a platform. Mm-hmm. And you're using that platform to go back and reach your people back in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you publicly, Pastor Daniel, I've told you this par- uh, privately, but it needs to be said publicly. Uh, I admire that. Um, because I know many people that have gotten out of wherever they've been mm-hmm. and haven't looked back, mm-hmm. um, didn't go back to pull anybody out, didn't go back to help, um, but you have a heart for your people, and that is Thank absolutely you. commendable. So I want to give you a little bit of time here with the Melody of Hope Choir, man. This is a, it's a choir that I love. They just went back, I think it's been, what, about a month and a half ago? Mm-hmm. They've been back about a month and a half ago. Yes. Um, they came here to the Church of Bethel's family and ministered to, to our body, and we were greatly impacted by them. And just kind of lay out the vision of what you're trying to do with the school, the dormitory, and the and what that's going to do in, in the village. Before I talk about that, I would like you to allow me to talk about what I want to do for my people right now in this uh, crisis time. We would like to, uh, we have tried to do something little according to our own uh, ability to give them something uh, to eat and some relief uh, things. Uh, we've given them some base uh, things like, Posho, sugar, rice, and, and, and soap. 
you know, and, and but we want to do much more because uh, we believe that uh, we can uh, use this opportunity to preach the gospel and be the light to the many communities, especially we want to establish the children's center. Uh, so we, we've come up with a documentary about a week uh, a week from now. It will be ready, a documentary, and I'll show you some of the pictures. Of I, wasn't, I, I wasn't invited in that documentary. <laughs> no, if you no, want, I'll just can, play it. Go, go ahead. Just yeah, we'll give you a documentary. We are trying to raise at least $10,000, $15,000, and what we want to do is to feed over 1,000 people in our community where we are going to uh, establish the children's center. The reason why we are doing that is we don't only just to help want to help them, but we want to tell them that Jesus loves them and cares them and he knows what they are going through and he doesn't want them to die. So we want uh, someone out there to stand with us and we help these children. So with the documentary, it will portray exactly uh, what the situation in which you, these children are going through and the people are going through and they will try to, from there, they will pick it up from there and then try to help. So uh, you talked about the Meld of Hope. What we are trying to achieve with the Meld of Hope uh, is to build a children's center that will comprise of a school, a clinic, um, a church, um, um, and, and um, dormitories for these children to stay because they live in very poor areas. And so we want to bring them in a place that is safe, that is conducive, that is God-glorifying and educate them from there. And at the same time, on the same campus, we want to have uh, the teachers there, staying there 24-7 a day, but we also want to cultivate food so that they also have food, so that we don't have to uh, go, and go on and buying, but food is right there on our campus. Um, I'm going to make sure that, um, that um, everybody, I want to I I challenge you. Um, I want to challenge you from the gospel standpoint to really get outside of your comfort zone and really explore the the world is a very big place, Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a very very big place. The world comprises of about seven point four billion people. America makes up about three hundred and forty million of that seven plus billion people. So America is kind of like a little blip on the radar. Um, but unfortunately, if America is all that you've seen, you tend to think that the world revolves around us. But this world is very diverse rich in culture, rich in history, um, rich in people. Um, And one of the ways that you can get to appreciate people at a much deeper level is by traveling, Mm -hmm. Uh, seeing something outside of your normal context, uh, exposing yourself. I kind of I liken it to the 30,000 foot view. It's being able to see outside of your blinders. And because of the travels and because of the places that I've been and been able to walk down the streets uh, in these particular communities and interact with families and sit down with them and talk with them, um, you're able to appreciate life at a much different level when God has given you the ability to travel. You know, the the book of Matthew chapter 28 says, go therefore into all the world Mm -hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. That, that that's the commandment of the church of God is to go, not to stay, mm-hmm. but to go. We expect people to come, but the Bible tells us to go. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways in which we can go is by getting outside of our comfort zone and going to these places. Just 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 to enrich your personal worldview about other people, other cultures, other ways of life. Right. And by doing that, Daniel, I believe that you are not only enriched personally, but spiritually 
Right. You're able to connect with God in a way that I don't think that you can. Right. So when you're looking at what's you're looking at Uganda and you're looking at America, you're looking at your own personal experiences and what you're doing in America and trying to affect your people back in Uganda. Mm-hmm. To the people listening, why would you invite them to Uganda? Because the need is so great. They need, just like Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 9, uh, that the harvest is precious, but the workers are few. And I also remember, I, I don't I cannot quote the scripture exactly, but I think somewhere in the book of First Kings, where God speaks to his servant uh, Elijah and say, go anoint Yehu, go anoint Isaiah, and go anoint uh, Elisha, that he who escapes the sword of Elisha shall not escape the, the sword of Yehu. What I'm trying to say is that you never know who can change my brother. For example, my brother is not born again. Who knows that uh, whether it is that brother you are calling, that pastor, that, that ministry, that can change my brother. I've been preaching the gospel for the last 20 years, yet I have failed to convert my, my, my brother into Christianity. I preach to him mm. every day when I get an opportunity, when I talk to him even on, on WhatsApp, but he has not been changed. But the, 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 the reason why I would like another person to come, because God might use them to touch them and change them, and you know. So uh, I believe that uh, when we have so many people coming to Uganda, we will help in so many areas. People who, have, who are doctors, people who are lawyers, pastors like you, when we come together, then we impact the, the nation uh, because we can do it when we are money than when we are alone. The Bible says one puts a thousand to, to flight, but two put 10,000 to flight. The need is great. There are many churches there, I mean, places that have not been reached with the gospel. There are many churches there that have actually been reached by the gospel, but they need somebody to help them to go to the next level, mm-hmm. financially, spiritually, and also, um, you know, uh, uh, materially. So, Daniel, um, thank you. Uh, before, actually, uh, uh, we, we close the program, Pastor Marcus, the pastors in Uganda want you real bad. I'm going to get ready to say that right now. <laughs> they need uh, you real bad. That's, uh, they're in you because uh, they, they just tested. They just tested. They never actually ate. So they need to eat. They want you to come and train them real good and real well. And they want to have that ongoing training. Well, you know, when we came, our intentions was to go back in February of 2020. Um, of course, when we canceled all of the mission trips for this year, we're not going to pick back up until 2021. 20, uh, but I do want to look at uh, that pastor's conference. And I'm saying this on camera so that everybody can know and bring some pastors with me uh, of September of 2021. I think okay. that'll give us about a good year mm-hmm. to put some planning together. We're going to stay at the Pearl of Africa Hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at the Pearl of Africa Hotel. Neutral for us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Daniel, I want to thank you, man. Let me tell you, I, and I want to say this to our viewers. Um, the Bible says that your spirit will testify to my spirit that we are sons of uh, of God. Um, your spirit is with God. Amen. Your spirit is for your people. And to spiritually uplift your people, I think, is one of the things that I gravitate toward you. Uh, I continually hear in your testimony um, and continually hear in your answers and your responses about the love of God. And, and I think that's important to understand when you're talking about people and you're talking about kids. Is leading people in a way or leading kids in a way for their best interests. And I think you're doing that with the Melody of Hope Choir. So I want to give you a little bit of time here in these last couple of seconds. I want to give you a time. Look right there in that camera and then give us some information about how we can connect with the Melody of Hope Choir. uh, So on. 
I believe that uh, you have an opportunity to uh, be a blessing to the people in Uganda, especially through the Merit of Hope. And I believe that you and I can work together to make a difference. If you want to have more information about us, uh, you can go to our website, which is called the Melody of Hope, Melody, uh, www.meldyofhopechoir.org. And then my phone number is 281-410-9040. Again, it's 281-410-9040. You can reach out to me anytime. And uh, if you feel like you want to be a blessing, you want to come to Africa, you want to help the children, like we talked about the uh, program we have to feed those who are experiencing, experiencing the pandemic, you can reach me out on those uh, numbers in the name of Jesus. And if you want a documentary that is about to come in a week's time about the update and about Meld of Hope, it will be available for you. And th Pastor, thank you so much. What, a, what an opportunity to come here on this program. And I want to ask you, Pastor, I want you to think about it. We, where, where you've been feeding us, you tried, you fed us, you tried, you fed my children, uh, the children of hope, until they went back to Uganda. We're here, we're stuck for about one month. But through Bethel family and this wonderful church, you fed us for one month completely. We had a lot of food. Where, which country do you get that for free? <laughs> that's why I appreciate America. Well, God is good, man, and and, and that's just the, the, the that goes to our senior pastor, Pastor Walter, his junior, and then also. So with Pastor James Lee, the executive director of Heavenly Hands. Man, that's what we do. That's what that's what ministry is about. It's about Thank you so people. much, Pastor Augustine. <laughs> thank you so much, Minister James. I appreciate that. Of course, thank you so much. If it was not to you, I wouldn't have made these great people. Thank you so much as well. Thank you for loving us, and we still want you to come. We are we are coming, we are coming back to Uganda. All right, and everybody, thank you for joining us here on Studio B. I pray that you've enjoyed the podcast with Pastor Daniel. Um, native of Uganda, Africa, um, which is one of my home away from homes. Uh, make sure that you go to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. And also comment. Also comment. We got some good giveaways that we're getting ready to do here in the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you are watching and being a part of what's going on here at Studio B. We'll see you next time. Bring us my own the African child. Bring us my own the African child. Bring us my own the African child.